Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Poddiva. You're listening to Poddiva. If you're an LGBTQIA plus woman or non-binary person, this is your weekly podcast. I'm Rachel Shelley. Katie Tunstall first captured all our hearts back in 2004 with Black Horse and the Cherry Tree, but be ready to fall in love with her all over again with this interview. In this wide-ranging, fascinating conversation, she delves into her intricate creative process, sprinkled with a bit of philosophy and a heavy dose of laughter. Her new album, Nut, is out now, and her UK tour starts in the spring of 2023. When you finish listening, go out and grab yourself a copy of Diva magazine to discover more. Katie spoke to Diva's Eleanor Noyce from L.A. And it began, as all good British chats do, with the weather. Bad Diva. I heard you guys got completely fried recently. Totally fried. Yeah. 37 degrees. God. Welcome to the future. <laughs> so obviously your new album is out in September, which is amazing. Yeah. I made this one very differently from any other record I've ever made. I'm usually kind of in the studio 16 hours a day for a month straight, leaning over the producer's shoulder, deeply involved in every single aspect, sound, beep, blip, beat, strum of the record. And obviously because of COVID, I think, you know, musicians had to suddenly, if they wanted to make music, make music potentially in a really different way either just on your own or remotely. So I really wanted to make this album without having to sort of delay until I could be in the room with other people. I decided to make it with my very old friend and long-term collaborator, Martin Tarefa. We met when I first moved to London. He was the first person I ever really did a proper co-writing session with. I'd never written with other people, really. We just clicked immediately. He's Swedish and he's got a very singular style and approach to writing, which I really love. We both got very similar tastes. So we've always kind of creatively poked each other in the right ways that excite each other. And because he's such a good friend as well, he's one of the only people I kind of would have trusted to just send all my demos to and say, do you want to help me make a record? <laughs> and so I did all the demo stuff, sent him all the audio and the stems. And then in London, he kind of took all the parts and recreated them with real instruments, added some parts, took the suggestion of the vibe of the demo and ran with it. And then he'd sort of give me a heads up if he'd done anything absolutely mental. 
and just say, you know, sit down and brace yourself. This is really different. It was a very strange and a bit apprehensive process at first. And then I realized that I was really, really enjoying allowing someone else to really deeply musically and creatively collaborate on a record. And just the fact that this one is the third in a trilogy, it's the final piece of a three-part project that's lasted seven years. It kind of seems very fitting that the album about the brain is in different hemispheres of the world, you know? This being the end of a sort of seven-year project, what made you want to kind of connect the three together and make it a trio? Someone was asking me this last night at dinner, actually. I was just getting frustrated at hearing this kind of messaging in the ether that people didn't want to listen to albums anymore. Mm. I kept hearing, you know, albums are over. People just want to put out singles and no one has an attention span anymore. And I was like, I just don't think that's true. I think that's total rubbish because everything else I'm seeing is pointing in the opposite direction where People are watching eight series of Game of Thrones. Mm. The most popular entertainment in the world is a three-hour podcast. It was actually pointing exactly the other direction from people not having an attention span. It was saying that people wanted more depth and more meaning Mm -hmm. to what they were listening to. And obviously there's always been expendable pop culture that is flash in the pan. But I'm never going to be interested in making that. I just really like making stuff that feels very meaningful and trying to make stuff that will last and has a bit of a timeless quality to it. That was the first reason was basically just a middle finger to mm, that mm, to that uh, attitude. And, um, you know, I all the artists I love are still making records and all the people I know still buy records. So I, w- I wanted to be part of that gang. And secondly... It was because a single album, it's kind of over within under a year now. And I remember when I made Tiger Seat, my third album, I think it was six months after my second one, it was getting called a comeback. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, how can it be a comeback? I'm just literally making the next record. It's like asking a mother who's having another baby nine months after the first one, like, where have you been? What have you been doing? So I was like, it doesn't really matter if, if it's being considered a comeback after a six month hiatus, then the album cycle definitely feels shorter. And I wanted to instill more meaning into my own process that allowed me to really dig much deeper in a kind of overarching project like this. The way that people consume music has changed, sure. You know, I For think sure. it's, it's, how would you say they all speak to each other? Like if you were going to divide them up, you know, describe their relationship with each other, how would you describe that? Well, I love obviously the kind of holy trinity of, of the human experience of soul, body and mind. I've been journaling since I was young and... I was trying out this really cool journal practice where I would write three entries for the same subject and I would write one from the soul, one from the body, one from the mind. And I found that kind of inevitably the mind would be going, we know what to do. We've been here before. We know exactly what's going on. This is what you should do. And this is what you should think. And this is what they're thinking. Mm -hmm. And which is obviously not true. And the body was just going, oh, my God, what's going on? Help. (laughs) And then the soul was just going, don't worry about it. It's all going to be totally fine. It doesn't really matter. It's not a big deal. And then I, I found if I balanced out all three of those very different reactions that I got to a much more helpful solution and a much more enlightening solution. And I think it kind of shone a light on how different those parts of oneself can react in the world. 
you know, the mind desperately trying to find something that seems familiar so it c you feel like you understand and the body just going into its own memory bank of what this should feel like or what you expect it to feel like. I remember there was a really cool guy called Dr. Joe Dispenza and he was talking about anxiety being time travel. If something happens, your body and mind kind of immediately try and grasp something that's as familiar as possible from the past and literally transport you back in time to that feeling and give you that set of chemicals so that it's familiar. And I thought that was really fascinating. Whereas, you know, the, the kind of observant soul part of ourselves is the part that can go, hey, guys, chill. Let's <laughs> just wait and see what happens. Are you going to die? No. Well, then just wait. Let's see. And so, you know, meditation being part of that practice, which I still struggle with doing every day. My willpower is dreadful, but <laughs> I have definitely felt the benefits of that, of training the brain. And then, of course, the physical training of the body. And so I really enjoyed ring fencing the themes of these records. And I found that even though they're connected, I found that I could I could go to completely different places stylistically with each record. Mm, which is super interesting. It's such a big commitment to make and it's such a big endeavour. Yeah, I kind of can't believe I've done it, actually. Yeah, it's, it's such a long process. Very amazing getting to the end of seven years and going, oh, my God, mm. that took seven years and it's done. It's a bit of a kind of mind bender mm. and I guess in that way because they're all linked and it's been a long process that you can kind of track your own personal journey as well with you yeah I mean you know obviously albums are always going to be infused with your own experience of life at that time but this one I had no idea how intense it was going to get on a personal level I, you know it was more coming from a place of fascination about these subjects. Actually, what it ended up being was this soundtrack to just the most profound shifts in my life. I, I guess it's been quite a, a dear companion, you know, doing this project whilst going through a whole load of shit. Yeah, so the second single from the album came out, Private Eyes, which is really cool. Yes, the original demo was from quite quite a few years ago when I, you know, first hit the big time. <laughs> and I would get invited to all these parties and I didn't really understand why I was invited or what they were or who was there. Mm -hmm. And it was just these really weird fever dream evenings of going into weird clubs, award things or whatever, and, and just finding yourself in a very strange world. It was like Alice in Wonderland. It's kind of fascinating, but kind of terrifying at the same time. I just had this feeling that I, I just didn't understand what anyone was saying. It was sort of a bit like a, having a nightmare. Everyone seems like they know each other. And I was just like watching, just going, I'm watching your mouth move. I just don't know what you're talking about. It was a lot of booze and a lot of drugs. I was always a whiskey drinker. So I was sort of have my drink in the corner and like watch like it was some like mad TV show. And there was this, this one particular party where a, an actress that I knew she was, but I'd never met her, beautiful woman, obviously in a panic grabbed me by the hand and just dragged me down this set of stairs into the basement kitchen of this club and it was just so dingy down there and and she just kind of collapsed on the floor in this puffball gown wherever she'd been before and and she's crying she's got this mascara running down her face and she's just like they're out there they're out there they're trying to get me I can't go out there we need to get out of here and she's talking about the paparazzi her wing outside and 
it was like that that thing where you know indigenous idea that the camera steals your soul she was just like so panicked and i was like girl there's no door down here we are literally in a dungeon right now there's no way out we got to go back up i was kind of half drunk and didn't know this person and i was like god this is so sad that you kind of chase this life and then you end up in this weird prison you know she's just had the most amazing eyes this woman and she just sort of didn't want anyone looking at her Diva. millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me that wasn't an option i never really was a salad guy that's just not who i am but noom worked for me Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Pot Diva. Such an interesting story. It's also a time where I was kind of, my fame was in ascendance and Mm -hmm. it was a very stark window into how it can be very unpleasant yeah just kind of taking it back to 2004 2005 and you released obviously the big one black horse and the cherry tree looking back what was that early period like for you and what does this track in particular mean to you now it was an amazing time I think people would probably think that I was younger than I was because I had really chubby cheeks (laughs) (laughs) but I was I was 30 when that song came out I was I was 29 or 30 when I got on Jules Holland so I'd been really at it trying to get somewhere for a decade at that point and so it was a very mixed feeling of oh my god this is actually happening I can't believe it and also kind of mixed with well duh I've been trying to make this happen for 10 years and why did it take so long (laughs) you know every single thing I did 
for 10 years was trying to get to this place where I could do this as a job. So it was a vindication as well as awe-inspiring surprise. It was amazing. I loved it. It was just so exciting because I just thought for such a long time, if I could just get people to listen, I think they like what I'm writing. But it was really hard to to get an attentive audience when no one knows who you are. And in the end, it was just quite kind of funny that it was just as much about people seeing what I did as it was about hearing it because of the loop pedal. Mm-hmm. And that became, and you know, I went through my time of thinking, oh God, this bloody loop pedal. It's more about the loop pedal than it is about me. And then I was like, oh, shut your face. It's <laughs> great that you've got something that you've pioneered that's yours, that's your signature and You should celebrate that at all times. And so now I'm just still thrilled that I can pretty much fly anywhere in the world and play a show and people sing along. And that's like the, that's the holy grail is being able to connect with people and make them feel and make them enjoy themselves and give them joy. I'm delighted not only that these songs found their way into the kind of public ether, but also that I got famous with some really fun songs. If I got famous with Nothing Compares to You, I would just, I would be very sad. (laughs) (laughs) I would be very happy, but being very sad at the same time, I had to sing a really sad song every time I played. I would find that quite hard, but um, not to say Nothing Compares to You is one of the most amazing songs ever. (laughs) There are highlights of, of the set where I can just break a sweat and really have a party. And what nice memories to look back on as well. I think. Yeah, I think the thing I'm proud of about them is that I still don't really hear anything that sounds that similar. You know, it feels like I really found my corner of the sonic garden and grew my flowers. It feels really good. That's a great way to put it. That's a great quote. Part of the Nut album artwork is all about the mind garden. Speaking to Diva in a previous interview, you've referenced your relationship with your sexuality and how you don't consider yourself to be like a lockdown straight person. Yeah, still I'm the same person. I grew up with theatre in my life and so I was doing a lot of creative arts growing up. It was weird if you were, you know, in the theatre world. I I started doing theatre when I was eight Mm. and then I ended up doing Scottish Youth Theatre and Uh, when I was 15 and went through to Glasgow and it was my first kind of month away from home and then went on to do theatre studies at university and that whole environment and that culture around theatre was was kind of strange if you weren't if you weren't open to anything Mm. and experimenting being around open-minded people a liberal way of life it was very normal for me it was about who you met it was about the people it was about meeting a person that turned you on in the end, I've ended up with a great big bloke. <laughs> I'm very, very happily together and in love with with a big man. And can't say that I'm surprised that I've ended up in a heterosexual relationship. It was definitely, that was kind of felt like my stronger desire a lot of the time. But yeah, I think it's, I really believe it's about people and who you meet and how you connect. You know, the way you spoke about it was just so fluid and so nice, a really natural, open way to speak about it. It's it's difficult, isn't it? Because I think the younger generation have got so much complexity to deal with that we didn't or I didn't when I was younger. It's just all the kind of online and social media and divisiveness about sexuality and gender. And But I do think that the sort of gender fluidity thing is really exciting for young people that they, they hopefully don't feel like they've got to conform to ideas and I think ultimately I do think that society needs to 
widen their meanings of words. Mm. It's just like words, words never do justice to life. That, that's our job as job as songwriters is to, to try and try and make words do justice to life. But they often fall short. <laughs> you need the music. Yeah. You're also playing at um, Etheridge Island with Melissa Etheridge. Yeah. What does that mean oh, to you best. to be doing that? Well, Melissa is just one of the one of the music queens mm-hmm. of America. She's um, an absolute trailblazer, brilliant writer, performer, obviously phenomenal gay rights activist, amongst many other causes that she'll put her energy to. She's a very inspiring person, very kind person, extremely dedicated to her craft. Mm-hmm. Works so hard. I mean, puts me to shame. So I'm just, I'm just very humbled that she's kind of brought me into her world. And this is the second time I'll be going and playing one of these kind of more multiple day events that she does, where it's really great because you get to play a couple, a few times, you, you'll get to play an acoustic set and you get to play a full, full-blown rock set. And it's really nice to be able to just play some lesser known songs because you're already doing another gig on another day, you know. So that's that's really nice to be able to kind of go into the woods a little bit with the material. Because that's the other thing that when you've when you're on your seventh album, I mean I've actually put out probably about nine or ten with with other like acoustic things that I've done. Your song list, you've got you you've still got to play the same amount of songs in a set, but you've got so many more to choose from. And so some songs just never get played, you know? And so it's nice to have an opportunity to play some of those. So you're going on tour, isn't it? I will be year? touring next year. Yeah. What's At the moment, my time's mostly taken up actually by writing musicals. Ah, that's really interesting. What what's During that? COVID, obviously, we couldn't tour. And I was already on board writing a musical called Saving Grace, which was a Craig Ferguson and Brenda Blethyn movie from 2000. Like this middle-aged woman whose husband screws her over for money and dies. And then she ends up growing weed to make money. So it's the weed musical. <laughs> Amazing. Um, it's really, really funny. Craig Ferguson is now my new best friend. We're really having a lot of fun with that. So that's hopefully going to be on stage next year. Fantastic. And then I'm actually working working on two others, which are also extremely exciting, but I'm not allowed to say what they are yet, unfortunately. How did you get into music? What are your earliest musical memories? It just seems like it was something very baked into my DNA and my genes where I just came out interested in music. I've got this bit of paper where I was like, before I could write words, I was like trying to write musical notes. And my mom said that as a baby, I was just able to produce an amazing amount of volume <laughs> when I was a kid. And then I went to school when I was four and I just got, I got completely obsessed with Mrs. Kingsley's piano, pleading for piano. So my parents got me a secondhand piano when I was four. Um, and then I was just off to the races. It was just, that was just my thing. And I such had, had a natural propensity for it. So it was really easy to learn. And yeah, I was just obsessed. I would just be sitting, like taking all the, the front off my piano and plucking the strings and banging it with my fist and using the sustain pedal and seeing what sounds I could get out of it. And so I did lessons for a long time, but I was just interested in making stuff up. I was writing a lot of poems. I liked, really liked Roald Dahl and Dr. Mm. Seuss and rhyming poetry. And and then at 15, I found guitar and that was me. So it was really nice because I didn't, I had lessons on piano. I never got very good at piano, but I never had lessons on guitar or singing. So it was good learning the rules and the basics and then sort of 
what I actually do, I, you know, there was no instruction. It was just sort of finding my way, which was really great. Amazing. Just to kind of close up, if you wanted your fans to take one sentiment or one message from your music, what would it be? From the music, I think what I feel strongly about, especially after doing such a sort of self-therapeutic trilogy, Mm -hmm. you know, it's basically my self-help trilogy. I would say that as a human being moving through the world, sharing your story and sharing the real honest truth of who you are is a very powerful act. And I think a very important act to not only share, but do the work to really get to the depths of yourself and really find out your own truth and who you are and what what excites you and what doesn't and honouring that. But I think the sharing of that is a life work, is a real service to the world to be absolutely who you are, I think is a rebellious act a very good one a a positive act of rebellion amazing absolutely amazing well thank you so much for joining me thank you (laughs) cheers bye thank you for listening to pod diva queers for your ears in association with diva magazine the world's leading brand for lgbtqia plus women and non-binary people Please listen and subscribe on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Diva Magazine. You can email us at editorial at divamag.co.uk. Share the love by leaving us a review. Pod Diva. Queers for your ears. Pod Diva. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.